This episode is brought to you by Kitcaster. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Hey there, you are listening to the Dream Big and Kick-Ass Podcast. I'm Mandy, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. If you want encouragement, inspiration, support, empowerment, then join me as we talk about finding and following your purpose, overcoming adversity, and living out our dreams. If you believe life's too short to be caught up in insecurities, fear, and feeling defeated, then let's hang out in the Dream Big and Kick-Ass Podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. So happy that you are here with us today. I have my new friend, Sarah Smith, with me today. She is the owner of Little Pieces XOXO, which is an apparel company, and the owner of Mom Powered Summits, which is a virtual summit strategist organization. She is also getting ready to launch a podcast called Mom Powered. So that sounds really exciting. Sarah, tell us a little bit more about yourself and tell us where you're calling from. Yes. So I live in Southern California in LA County and I have two little girls. My oldest is four and my youngest is two and a half. Plus I'm also full-time caregiver to yesterday was his 96th birthday. So my 96 year old grandfather-in-law. So I'm a proud member of the sandwich generation because of that. And I like blesses my heart that I get to be a entrepreneur and stay home with my girls and also be able to care for him and keep him in his home. That's awesome. My mom is a caregiver also for my grandmother and was for my grandfather. He passed away about a year and a half ago and he was a World War II vet, which I want to come back to later because of something else that I know that you said in your questionnaire. But yes, she has been an awesome caregiver to them for I don't know how many years now. 10 plus years, I think. And then before that, earlier on and back in like 94, 95, we took care of my grandmother on my dad's side and my mom had the bulk of the caregiving on her hands. So I know what it's like to be caring for your older parents or grandparents. And also the last five years or so, my mom has gone through a lot of stuff with cancer. She's cancer free now though, but she lots of like five major surgeries and cancer treatments and a lot of hard stuff and dark hours, but I've kind of been there for her for those things. So we can totally, I can totally relate to you on the caregiver part. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but so rewarding all at the same time that it's just, I've really more embraced it the last six months as I suffered from postpartum as well after my girls were born. And so like once I came out of that and like really like came into what this lifestyle is of mine, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And it totally changes everything, doesn't it? Do you have, I'm just curious, when you're away from the house, do you have the angst to like, I need to hurry and get home? Because I have to. So I have this wonderful thing called a phone. (laughs) (laughs) And we have. I think it's eight cameras throughout the house. So I can check from anywhere I'm at, even when we go on respite care to the 
other in-laws in Nevada, I can still pop in and check on him. And then we've got some home health every once in a while. And so then like I can pop in and like chat with them through because they're the, you know, like I can pop in and chat with them. So it's just nice. that. Oh man, if we would have only, if we would have had all that back then, that right? might have been a lot easier, you know, at least taking some of the pressure <laughs> off because we always felt that angst. I got to hurry and get home because if we did have somebody that could stay with my grandma, because she was bedridden the whole year and a half she was with us. So it was we couldn't leave her, you know, we right. always had to be somebody there, but there was always that I got to hurry. I got to get back home, you know, yeah. and even after she passed that, that feeling was still there for a long time, you know, after. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can only imagine what that's going to be like, because it becomes part of like your nature and stuff for so long that afterwards it's hard to reprogram your brain in a way. And that's what you have to do. You just have to reprogram and, and just, it just takes time to do that. So yeah. interesting. So what are some things that you have learned about yourself through being a caregiver like this? Oh my gosh, so much and so little all at the same time, because there's days where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And then my girls like remind me how much I can do and just just also reminding myself that in this crazy world of technology and how crazy everything can be to just slow down and enjoy the little moments. Like yesterday, I was helping him get up when the rest of the family got here. And I just sat next to him for a second on his bed. And he just like leaned over and was like, thank you. I love you. And it's like little moments like that, that if I would have been in such a hurry, wouldn't have happened. So just reminding myself that there's moments that will mean so much more, you know, when my kids are older and they're gone, when he's gone, that will, you know, just those little moments of like, just stop. And, you know, that that old saying, stop and smell the roses. Yes, absolutely. And like, be present, be present in the moment and allow yourself to experience it instead of thinking about the next, what's the next thing I got to do, you know, stuff like that. That's such a great example for your kids to be able to see that yeah. we take you, we, we take care of our own, right? We take care yeah. of our family and the yeah. best that we can. And then I was putting him back to bed last night and uh, my girls came in and we just took pictures like there, I've got selfie, you know, the selfie style with the, you know, phone hanging out and, you know, it's me and grandpa me and my youngest, me and my oldest. And then the four of us and my, my little one is standing behind us and she's only two and a half and she's trying to do bunny ears off me and grandpa. And I'm like, where did you learn knows. from? <laughs> like, you're trying to photobomb at two and a half. Like, oh gosh, I'm going to have my hands full. Yeah, I, uh, in the last, probably last year or two, I've started taking selfies with me and my meemaw every single time I see her. I try not to forget. She just turned 93 in February yeah. and my grandpa was 94 when he passed. So yeah, those are special moments. And I've taken pictures, like, it's funny because when you said that you were putting them to bed, well, my mom puts, she would put them to bed, my grandparents to bed and so if I were if I was there I did actually take photos of that of just that experience like getting them in the bed because it's a it's a process yes <laughs> and then I've taken some whenever she's just when it's just been her my meemaw so those things are precious to me those are you know those yeah. may not mean anything to anybody else but those are precious to me and I will always cherish those photos and cherish that time and I know yeah, my mom absolutely. is going to cherish that too so 
Yes. Well, all right then. Anything else that you want to talk about with the caregiving and like things that you've learned or anything like that before we move on to something else? I would just say like also giving grace to yourself. And, you know, I was running late a little bit late today because of you never know. And just like, I stopped apologizing Yeah, because it's, people are going to understand and we don't need, you know, as moms, as caregivers, even as friends, like as long as they can see that, like you were trying to make it on time and you weren't just like strolling in late. Right. It's don't apologize because that's your, you, your life. You were, you were doing your best with what you had at hand and not being apologetic and figuring out what works for you. Like our kitchen is a galley kitchen and we've got a French door so that I can still, you know, get into the kitchen when need to, but there's tile locks on both sides. So nobody can get, you know, reach over and open the door or, you know, open it from the other side to keep everybody safe. And it's not just to keep the kids out. It's just to keep everybody safe. And so just finding little tricks and tweaks to make it work in your house. And don't be, don't be afraid to try because it could work, right? but it could not work, but you could learn from what doesn't work to figure out what's going to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, your businesses because you have more than one, right? Yeah. So between me and my husband, we actually have three, um, which is amazing. My husband's is just getting started. And so watching him like grow into that entrepreneur role has been awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have two, I have little pieces XOXO, which, um, is an apparel company and it's all about inspiring, encouraging and uplifting. So all of our shirts say something that's going to be uplifting, whether it's, um, the one I have on right now in the back, it says something about, um, who you were before you were a mom matters. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, don't, what you did before mom still matters. Like that person, it's so, it's so interesting. Like you come home with this, this new baby and you think everything's just going to be the same and literally overnight it's different. And so you become like, and it, it's so hard to explain. Um, and you kind of just throw yourself into that motherhood role and who you're supposed to be because this little kid needs you that you forget yourself. And so just reminding yourself that what you enjoyed, what you liked, what you were passionate about before kids still matters. And you don't have to put any of that on hold to be a mom. Right. Absolutely. Um, so that's one, one that we're releasing here soon. I'm going to pull it up because I'm going to forget. It says something about beauty knows no color, beauty knows no age, beauty knows no size, beauty knows no gender, beauty knows no ethnicity, you know, just stuff like that, that is encouraging. And a lot of my designs are actually on the back of the shirts rather than the front of the shirts. So I do that purposefully because it's not appropriate to sell people's boobs <laughs> and because they're not, a lot of them aren't necessarily short sayings, right. you know, how many times have, like, I know the awkwardness I'm big chested. So I know the awkwardness of like <laughs> somebody trying to like 
what does that say? Read and then your like, shirt they, and it looks like yeah. they're gawking at your boobs. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, and then the other reason is because we're all having to stand six feet away and our lines are longer, you can actually then have more people see our shirts and what they're saying with them being on the back. Right. And it, and because they're all inspiring and encouraging, it then gets people, it, we're in, you know, this, this such weird, and I was doing it before COVID, um, but we're in such this weird world that like, why not encourage people while we're standing in line and waiting? Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. It's like carried over to be like this great thing in my opinion. Right. And so that's a little pieces. And then I have mom powered summits. So with mom powered summits, I help entrepreneurs. I love working with entrepreneurs more than anything because I can, I don't get those, the judgment of working with other niches when I'm having to pull my daughter up and she's sitting here and we're in a call and I'm having to explain, okay, mom's on a call. She'll go grab you strawberries in a minute. Or, you know, like I'm doing the dishes as we're talking about something because you just needed a quick, you know, 10, 15 minute drop in. Yeah. So I love working with entrepreneurs. And so I help them build summits to grow their audience and build their authority with inside their niche. Awesome. And I, I love virtual events. I love in-person events. I, I'm such a, like an extrovert that like connecting people with people is like my true passion. It's, I love that. It's like one of my top three things I'm passionate about. And so I love when people come in and they're like, oh, my audience size is so small. I don't know if I can do a summit. And I was like, that's fine. We can do this. Right. It can be successful. So for anybody who's listening, who doesn't really know what a summit is, a virtual summit, can you explain that for them? Oh, absolutely. So virtual summits is like a conference, but online. So whether it's a one day summit that only takes place on one day or multi-day summits, um, it's, it's a conference. So you register online, all the, I encourage them to all be pre-recorded so you can sit down and a group of speakers will be released each day. So you do have to be present to on that day, the speakers are released or typically purchase a like all access pass to then get the recordings for a longer period of time, but it's a conference, an online conference. And that's how we met. Yeah. (laughs) Through Shannon Matterns. I love hustle to self-employed. I know. I love her too. Like I, I I guess. Yes. Yeah. I think about three years now. Yeah. And that I've known about Shannon and every chance I get to shout her out. I'm like, go, if you need to build a website, yes. you just authenticity. Yes. She's amazing. She's, yeah. She's just so down to earth. And so uh, just, yeah, I feel like I know her, even though I <laughs> never really met her. I just seeing her on videos or in the summer or listening to her podcast. I feel like I have, you know, this connection with her. So um, yes. And She's just really encouraging. I really like that she puts out her her financial. Oh it, her, yeah, her monthly, her monthly income report. report. Yeah, I love that. I don't know of anybody else that does that. I think she got it from somebody else, but like, I don't follow anybody else that does that. And it that was really helpful and eye opening to me to listen to how she, you know, does all her money handling and stuff like that. So anyway, yeah, it's been it was. She said she originally started doing it just for her own accountability, yeah. but then because it's inspired so many people, she just keeps 
yeah i'm so glad she keeps doing it she's she's awesome someday i'm gonna meet her and someday either she's gonna be on my podcast or i'm gonna be on hers right yes 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 i completely agree okay you also mentioned in-person events what kind of in-person events do you do and are they have you not been able to do them or are are you looking forward to starting some more up later or what so i haven't done any since I've had kids. So, well, I shouldn't say that I used, because I used to be in a direct sales company. I used to host like vendor events where like a bunch of people from direct sales or small businesses would come together. And we actually, I have such a nice driveway that I could just host them in my house. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's, and I live 15 houses down from a McDonald's, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> perfect. like you get the, you get the, the, the traffic. <laughs> um, and so those are like the last in-person events that I did. Yeah. Um, but then every once in a while, there would be organizations like um, La Leche League or different Girl Scout that I would like chat with whoever was in charge to like help them guide them as they were going through like fundraiser stuff or setups. So like running my own in-person events, I haven't done in a number of years just because mom life was crazy and it trying to juggle and postpartum and having to figure out we moved back here to take care of my grandfather-in-law and so it wasn't I didn't grow up in LA county I grew up in the county south of us in Orange County and so just not knowing as many people and it's harder as an adult to make friends (laughs) I think so (laughs) much harder as an adult to make friends because like, I almost feel like I got to give him more of a backstory. Like, who is Sarah? What does she do? Not just like, you know, as kids, you're like, let's just go play on the playground together. Yeah. Well, we need <laughs> so, to get back to that then. We need to get back to that innocence and that just that freedom of not holding back and just being ourselves and just interacting with people and having a good time. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah. So I do look forward, probably not going to do any in-person events until next year. Yeah just because of LA County and their requirements. I mean, stuff here in California is starting to open, but I just don't know how long. Right. Like, is it going to open? And then are we going to go back? And so I would just feel more comfortable when we've got better long-term data than yes. see stuff before, you know, booking a hotel to do an in-person event. at. Right. Okay. So let's talk about um, Little Pieces XOXO and talk about how that all came about. So my best friend that I've known, I met Heather in 2000 and January, 2009. Mm-hmm. And I had a, the day I met her, I had a cast from my hip to my ankle and was in a wheelchair wow. because I had some damage done. I have issues with my knee tracking. And so like my, the kneecap would lose traction and I'd fall and had all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, So the doctors were like, well, let's completely unstabilize it. Not just with like those instabilizer braces. Like we want to make sure like you don't do anything to keep it like try and calm the muscles down and all this other stuff. She lived in the central Valley and my church went up to her church to like do some stuff together. And so we get up there, I've got to go to the bathroom and they've got this like not really handicapped bathroom set up at the church. And here's this little tiny girl. Heather was so tiny. And she's like, I'll help you. 
And so here's this girl, like, I don't even know. And she's in the bathroom looking at the wall across from me, like holding up my cast. Oh, that's not I, <laughs> I'm, You know, so she's not looking at me as I'm peeing, but I'm just like, you know, you get to the point sometimes where like, you got to pee so bad. You don't even care. That was, yeah, that's how we met. And spent many of, of back then when, you know, there was no cell phones and long distance phone calls were expensive using like, I want to say it was like 10, 10, two, three, one, or some like thing where you got 20 minutes for like 99 cents. And so we would literally set timers on our phones or like whatever, you know, like the wind up timers, the kitchen timers. Yeah. And then like it got close and it was like, okay, it's 19 minutes. We got to hang up. Now it's your turn to call. So like our moms wouldn't get too mad at all the long distance phone calls and the charges on our <laughs> um, their bills when they would come in the mail and mailed letters back and forth. And luckily our churches stayed connected. So we would go to like youth group camps together and see each other and just became super good friends. And she was actually, her mom had a cell phone. And I remember when I got my first cell phone, her mom was like the second person I text. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to let Heather know I have a cell phone. <laughs> cool and um then I ended up moving up to the Central Valley and we would spend a lot of time together and became really close and cell phones became more prominent and texting and just she became my best friend yeah we would spend we could send just super short messages to each other and that's where the XOXO came in is she was actually out here in Southern California um, with her church. And I've got this, the center of a toilet paper roll, which is just fitting that the first time we met was bathroom <laughs> <bathroom>. thing. <laughs> and, and she wrote on it. Um, I love you more than little pieces of chocolate hugs and kisses and then put oh. XOXOs around it. And it was like, we were wearing it. We would take it and like different days, <laughs> you would wear it as a bracelet or I would wear it as a bracelet. And here we've got this like commercial size toilet paper center and I still have it and one day I keep saying because it's in a box so that like nothing happens to it. and I keep saying I need to like actually get one of those like get those acrylic those cases uh -huh. and oh, yeah, just yeah, yeah. like set it up now that I like finally have like a desk and just set it up there so that you know nothing does happen to it yeah and that became like our thing xoxo and we would just like randomly text it to each other um, in text messages, like, especially at the end of the night when like we were going to bed, it was like almost always our last text messages to each other. It was just XOXO. And, um, unfortunately, November 26 of 2011, she passed away. She had something wrong with like her spleen or her liver, and it was spewing out toxins and blood clots. And one of the blood clots traveled to her heart. Oh, and so it was a very, um, you know, we knew she was in the ER. We knew that they had moved her and like admitted her to the hospital, but nobody knew how bad it was. Right. And I was out of town with other friends in Arizona and yeah, it was losing somebody that quick, not knowing Yeah, is just, it's devastating. It's yeah. And it took me, it took me a while to, I mean, there's still days where sure. like, I just miss her. Sure. Miss her like crazy and we'll just something will, will be said or something and I'll just cry my eyes out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best example to my girls too. Like I just don't 
and don't hide it. And they're, you know, mom, what's wrong? And I'm like, Oh, I'm just missing aunt Heather today. Yeah. And I'm honest about it, whether it's aunt Heather or recently losing my, um, adopted dad. Uh-huh. And we'll just tell, you know, the girls, well, what's wrong? Oh, just missing Papa Rod, you know? Right. And just being honest with them, but like, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so when we were younger, we always talked about wanting to do shirts and, and Heather was the life of the party. Like she could literally walk in and just like make everybody smile. And yeah. so when I was like, we never talked about like what type of shirts we wanted to do or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but that was just my thing. Like, not that I'm saying anything bad about shirts that say like badass mom or anything right. like that, but I was just like, that doesn't always like, there's some people that do get put off by it. I don't, it's right. You know, yeah, and, I wouldn't and that's, that's your, your brand, but I just know some people. And so I was like, but then I was like, I started thinking about it and I was like, well, somebody's always going to get upset about something. Yeah. So you got to do what's for you. And I just, I love uplifting quotes. Yeah. Just like, that's like, I have them all over my house on little different things. That's my thing. And so it's like, just turn, like, that's your thing. Yeah. So turn those into shirts. Yeah. And if it pisses somebody off, that's okay as well. Oh. Because we can't <laughs> please everybody. No, you cannot. That is so, so true. <laughs> when I was sitting thinking of a name on what to name it, I was like, you know what, this is the perfect way. If me and Heather talked about opening it together, what better way than to like honor her and give her something back as to name it. I wanted to just do little pieces. Right. Um, but that website was taken or you've got to pay like $5,000 for it or like something crazy. And I was like, no, I'm not there. So let's throw in the XOXO and see where that goes. And it was available. And so I took it. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. That's how little pieces started. I love it. That is a beautiful, beautiful story. She's probably looking back looking down and cheering you on. Yes. You know? And it's so much fun because like her sister, her older sister recently started a little boutique as well. And she's got yeah. shirts in there. And I was like, see, it's Heather, like passing this on to so many of us. Like that's what she wanted to do as like. Just the little ripple effect. Like, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So with all this business stuff you've got going on, what is it that you, what's something that you have learned in your business that would be helpful to other people that are listening that are either trying to get started on a business or they're in the middle of uh, a business, what, you know, what to do, what not to do, those kinds of things. Well, I think it goes back to like what I just said, be yourself. Yeah. Like find what makes you happy. Own it, own it, Yes. own it. And then just do it. So if your thing is making those shirts that say badass mom, do it, <laughs> do it, man. because that's what's going to make you happy like just finding that thing that makes you happy and that you know not that I won't take entrepreneurs but I don't attract them yeah like for the summit stuff like you're going to attract the right people no matter how weird you think your business is you're not alone there's somebody else out there. There are others out there that need your service in that weird thing or your product in that weird thing that you want to do. So just go do it, be yourself, own it. And 
you don't have to DIY everything. If, but even if that's your mentality, that's my mentality. Like I want to know how everything works. Me too. <laughs> I want to DIY it all myself. And it's not necessarily about money because DIYing can be so much more <laughs> time consuming and financially consuming than if you were to just hire it out. But if you do want to DIY a project, figure out how it works, but then outsource it. Yeah. Because you can still know how it works if that's what you need to know, but outsourcing as well. And even finding like a good person, there's somebody, um, we're getting ready to remodel our bathroom. And my husband was telling the guy, like the biggest thing is, is I don't know how to do X, Y, Z. And the dude's all, dude, when I do that, like come in and I'll like, I'll teach you how to do it. Yeah. This dude doesn't have to. That's, that's so cool find, that he offered that. Yeah. And he knows like my husband's not even going to be a competitor. And if he is like how many bathroom remodel people are there, it's not like there's not enough bathrooms to remodel. <laughs> um, so it was just like that fine. If you're going to, if you can't figure out how to DIY it, partner with somebody that's going to then be like, okay, this is how you do it. And let me show you how to do it. But then let me do it because it's what I'm good at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the idea that, you know, bartering as well, like bartering your services um, in order to get some oh, of those yeah. things done that you, you're not great at, or maybe you are okay at it, but you just they don't f- fulfill you, you know? Um, yeah. To get the, you know, part of that, part of your services with someone else that's good at something that you need done and you've got something that they need done and, and get it done. So I need to reach out to some people for that stuff too, by the way. Um, so what do you think? Well, I think we've really covered this, but as far as what sets you and your business apart from the rest, you know, yeah, there's tons of t-shirt companies out there, but what do you feel like sets you apart? I think it's that authenticity having such a hard time with that word today that, you know, yes, we're encouraging and inspiring and uplifting, but when I do, when I am at events or I am talking to people about it, it's just that like, I want to connect with people. Like, I don't care if you buy from me, but I learn who you are. And then I learn people that, you know, and then we connect other people. Like, that's my thing. Like, let's connect people. Like, let's connect people. (laughs) That's my big thing. That was a super cool thing about the summit that we were both a part of. I mean, I booked eight people from that summit to interview on this podcast, you know? Yeah. Um, And I also, and through this podcast, through interviewing different people, I've connected other business people together. Hey, you need to check with so-and-so because she does that. And you guys would, you know, you guys would probably work out really well or you could partner up or whatever you know so that that is fun I I get how you enjoy that the about connecting other people connecting their niches together you know letting them shine in the things that they're good at and then complimenting like the other person like oh I'm not great at this but you are and you know can we can we work together here and yeah I'm not getting it into words the way I want it to sound but no but I'm saying I totally understand and I think like going back to Shannon there was an interview she was doing and somebody was asking her like what do you feel about the people that don't you know just take your website the DIY and don't buy anything and she's like I love those people because they're my biggest fans and they in turn tell other people about me and then those other people buy. So it's not like you can't look at the people that don't buy from you as bad because they're going to become your biggest fans 
Yeah. And, and I, they we're will, totally fans of hers. Like she's the only reason yeah. why I have a website. Okay. Cause I did her, her free DIY. And for a long time, I didn't buy something from her cause I couldn't, but right. then eventually I was able to buy a few things from her, you know? And so I, right. I'm, I'm more than happy when I can. And if she offers something that I know that I need and want that I'm more than happy to hand that money over to her over somebody else that I don't know as well, you know? Right. Exactly. And that's what she was even. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she was even saying too. Like connecting, you know, just keep them, keep nurturing those relationships, keep building that with those people because it will pay off. And she does do a good job at that. So what is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur or a mompreneur? And then what do you love the most about it? Being a member of the sandwich generation and the craziness. So that explain comes. that a little bit, the sandwich generation. <laughs> so it's the caregiving for the older grandfather and then also having the younger kids at home. So I'm right. sandwiched in between two generations. Right. Juggling it um, all. <laughs> juggle, yeah, juggling it all and trying to figure out where it all fits sometimes. Right. And where you some fit. Days. Yeah. But then it's also the part that I love the most about it because it's what's given me the ability to focus on my business instead of having to focus on a nine to five. Um, and my last nine to five was very demanding worked internationally. So it was like all different time zones. So just being able to give that up to then be able to help raise the kids, help care for grandpa. And the running joke is my girls are going to be in high school before he's gone (laughs) because of like, longevity his mom was like 108 his dad was 110 so like there's like longevity oh my gosh yeah that so was just, amazing and then, yes and then it's finding like how does this all fit in you know our long-term plans for our businesses yeah. that's just it's the hardest and the most rewarding and parts I love the most all in the same isn't that interesting um yeah it seems like that well, I don't know. I was going to say, it seems like, yeah, the hardest things that we go through are the best, you know, end up being the best. They things. are sometimes. But not all the time, because I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, losing my dad. That I mean, I I definitely grew as a person from that, but I don't, yeah. I. You still was, want him here. Yeah, I still want him here. Yeah. Exactly. I still so. would love to, you know, yeah. As I, there are so many times yeah. that I want to ask him about things or bounce something yeah. off of him or see what he thinks about something or just, you know, whatever. Okay. I'm going to stop talking but, about that. Cause I'm going <laughs> to, but I think that goes to like another question you asked about like talking about it. Like I find that sometimes when I talk about Heather or like just losing my adopted dad and like sharing stories, it reminds me of like different characteristics or different stories that they told or different guidance that they told and that like keeping their memory alive Mm -hmm. in some weird way and like how everything works, it actually helps us like think about what advice they would give us or what encouragement they would give us or, you know, that whole, my adopted dad did a lot of, he was a manufacturer and built stairs. And so like that always, 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 always measure twice, cut once. Like we're getting to build a project for my girls that I built with him. And like, every time I go to do it, that just keeps going in the back of my head. Like every time I measure, it's like, okay, measure it again, maybe measure it a third time because that's what's gonna happen yeah hi mom hi mom 
Oh my gosh. That's so cute to even just leave in the background. Like, look, that is my life. Putting that out. No way. <laughs> All right. So who or what motivates and inspires you? I'm pretty sure it's what, who we just heard. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that is my girls. And even grandpa, just the way like he, he talks about like when I, when I can get him to talk about different things in the past. Um, you know, not even just always, some of his war stories are so funny, but. <laughs> what war was he in? Just, he signed up the day, he, he tried to sign up the day after Pearl. So he was in World War II and has two Purple Hearts awesome. from, My grandpa from being in the war. war. Yeah. So there's some like, but it's just like the animation in his stories when he tells them. Just, it's so, and he's such a like small man a few words so when he does tell stories there's just there's so much fun but my girls just being able like the encouragement that they give just randomly like kids are so awesome that just like randomly they'll walk up and be like I love you mom you've got such pretty hair I'm like this that still looks all funny (laughs) but you're like you just you can't help but like love love the compliment because you know it's right. so genuine and just be uplifted by that that's good yeah absolutely well we've already kind of talked about some obstacles you've overcome is there anything else that you would like to talk about that you've mm-hmm. overcome in your life and how you've done it so I'm dyslexic okay I'm extremely dyslexic can you explain because I know there's different forms of mm-hmm. dyslexia as being you know being a teacher I've seen it in so many different ways with a lot of my students so I'm just curious as to how it affects you so there's this program called Grammarly that is absolutely my best friend because <laughs> it highlights on like I it's on my phone and it's on my computer and so it just like highlights like oh this is not the you know the where's like you didn't use the right where's you didn't use the right there's right. like and so then it when you're putting stuff out it doesn't look like you're uneducated even though it's just your brain it doesn't process everything right and so that's in school obviously that was way before some of the technology so it was yeah. really hard and I was really shy because of it um so yeah just like that's been a huge obstacle but I've also really embraced it in my businesses like I let my clients know like hey just let you know if you do get this like really weird makes absolutely no sense email it's because I wanted to answer you back but mom life and I'm dyslexic right so if it makes absolutely no sense just don't even try and and process it like don't even try and decode it but just put a question mark and send it back and then I'll take the extra like I'll realize that my brain wasn't reading it right or you know like not just not processing it it. yeah yeah, yeah. right and I'll take the time to you know not be responding to you in between kids crawling on me and asking me for snacks and food and you know I will give you the undivided attention but just let me know right so one of the the tricks and strategies that you use is that Grammarly program (laughs) oh yeah I absolutely love is there anything else that you use too you know Alex is your friend too Ah, <laughs> so I'm also in school, you know, like I need another thing to do. Yeah. Just add on, just keep on, right? just keep on adding something else. And so after the girls go to bed and I'm working on my papers and I've got an Alexa that sits like up behind me on my desk 
And instead of like pulling the phone out of the dictionary to spell something, I'm like starting and I'm like, Alexa, a spell appreciate. And like, so then she'll just spell it Sweet. for me. Like, okay. Instead of having to like, you know, dig through, spell it, hope that you get it close enough so that, you know, yeah. it can fix it. Just ask Alexa. Okay. Then she's, she's my friend. There you go. <laughs> See, you just work smarter, not harder. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so tell us how the pandemic has affected you and your family and um, how you've turned any of the negatives into positives. It was hard at first. Yeah. Um, especially with Grandpa being 90, he was 95 at the time, and not knowing so much about it. Um, and then we live so close to Disneyland, we had passes. And Friday night, Friday's the girls would wake up, they'd have breakfast, we'd load in the cars, we'd go meet, you know, a group of like five or six mom friends, we'd go do Disneyland, we I'd throw them in the car before rush hour traffic and would be home to have dinner. Like wow. We just we would like sometimes we wouldn't even go on rides. Like we would just spend days hanging out with characters and stuff. And so like to <laughs> cool. like have that self-care just like ripped out from underneath you. Yeah was really really hard to start with um and besides two doctor's appointments grandpa hasn't even been outside of the house like I didn't even for the longest time I still haven't taken him on car rides yeah and I was just thinking as like I was doing your questionnaire thing I was like we're all vaccinated now like let's go start doing take him yeah take him out he loves looking at the billboards like Oh. oh look at that oh this place looks so different and he's lived in his house for over 60 years so like he knows the area yeah and stuff. like he's seen it change and so I was just like I need to start doing that again just and it's just like it was total form of self-care because I would do it during the girls nap time yeah like let them fall asleep grab grandpa something for a you know a later lunch and just go for a drive like so I'm trying to like start more embracing like being able to start doing more stuff but then because of being home I've been able to build my business the virtual summits has like totally taken off because of it that's good because so many people can't um you know they had to pivot or they didn't pivot and are like oh I could have pivoted right because they didn't know about virtual summits that it's been amazing for, for that. Yeah. So well, definitely, good. that's like, definitely a positive now seeing, Yeah. Definitely seeing the changes that, that it's, it's being a positive, like it's totally being a positive for that part of my business. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about some of your favorite books or podcasts. So my favorite, <laughs> so funny. Cause you asked me that and I was like, well, my only real favorite book outside of, so let me back up a second. So I said I was in school. So I eventually want to get my PhD in Holocaust studies, I, which has been a dream of mine ever since I've been in high school. Yes. Um, and so like a lot of my favorite books have something to do with the Holocaust because I just love those, those survivor stories that they share I love and that those. they get to hear. And have you seen, have you read this one? Alicia? No, I haven't. It is on my list though. Read yes. It. yes. Yes. Yeah. So like 
when you asked me, like the only like favorite book that could come to my mind was the five love languages. And I, it's just, I love it because it, it talks about like, we all have different love languages, whether it is words of affirmation or gift giving or physical touch. And then there's quality time. Yes. Like whatever it is. If we're not talking that love language to our kids, to our partners, even our employees, like it can really affect our relationships. But when we know that we're speaking the right love language, we can all work better and more effectively together, have a better workplace, have a better relationship. And just, it takes less time to fill somebody's love tank is how um, Gary Chapman describes it. Yeah, so that we feel more fulfilled. So, and it just yeah, the communication of, um, of that yeah. like is key. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's talk. Okay, when you when you when I saw that you said everything else is World War II and Holocaust stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so I found somebody else <laughs> that without. <laughs> I mean, sometimes when I go the Holocaust fascinates me that sounds so very morbid and that's not what I mean at all no it's oh my gosh survival stories the um the and I don't know if it started if, if it would have just if it had been like that anyway or if it's because my grandpa was in World War II and I I saw how the PTSD affected him his entire life how it affected everybody in our in our family um, and it just, it intrigued me and it, cause yeah. I'm, I'm always intrigued by like, what makes people tick, what makes people do yeah. the things they do and say the things they say and behave the way, <clears throat> behave the way they behave. And, um, and it just, it's amazing. Just like this book I was just telling you about this young lady, like just quick in a nutshell, like she was 15 years old when she was leading groups of people across the border to try to get them away yeah. from the Nazis. 15. At 15, I was like so far <laughs> from being a person like that. Like I was so insecure and I was just worried about what I looked right. like and I was worried about what I was wearing and I was worried about, you know, the cute boys that I like. I mean, just ridiculous <laughs> stuff. Stoop. I mean, really, if you in perspective, when you put it next to this young lady, like completely stupid, totally stupid stuff. Yeah. And it just, it, it amazes me the things that the horrible things that these people overcame and oh, that yeah. they went through and um, that just like, I have nothing to complain about. Like when I read their stories, like I just need to shut up about all of my complaints about all of the things that I think that are going wrong in my life or whatever just shut up mandy because they do not compare to all the things that these other people have gone through so yeah whenever i saw that i was like oh my gosh somebody else that understands what i'm talking I'm, about yeah and i love that you said that like when you said the phrase the holocaust fascinates me and you just don't get anybody else that understands it when you use that and why would you want to do that? And I was like, I, and I can't, I can't explain it. My dad's dad was on the beach of Normandy on day two. And, um, if he would have been following orders, he would have lost his leg, but had an itch. He was driving the heavy machinery in and he had an itch and pulled his leg back to scratch the itch. He couldn't like, he couldn't not scratch it anymore. And because of an itch, 
he didn't lose his leg. And so like, I remember hearing that story growing up and like, that's the only thing, like I'm not culturally or religiously Jewish. I've got, you know, nothing on that side. And it's just, I, I've been to Poland five times. I've been to Auschwitz. I've been to Treblinka. I've been to Schindler's factory and the museums in Krakow. And I went to Poland, um, processing Heather's death. Right. Um, actually comes back to, she passed away in November in January of the following year. So like 60 days later, I went to Poland for 10 days completely by myself because I wanted to be at Auschwitz for the liberation um, commemoration that they do on January 27th each year. Amazing. And um, just, I, I went and every morning I walked into a train station and looked up and was like, was there, you know, where's a place on this map that's leaving in the next, you know, 40 minutes that has a former now granted most of Poland does but like where's one that like I can actually tour in January in one of the worst storms that Europe was having at the time in 2012 so we just like pick whichever place to go to different former concentration camps and different ghettos yeah and was at Mendonca which is the concentration camp that has the most still standing buildings uh-huh and slipped and fell on black ice and totally hurt my hip. And like part of my coping with Heather's death, I got in the bathtub with as warm water as I could and just processing her death. And like literally just, I remember being in there, I was probably in the bathtub for like three or four hours and just bawling my eyes out. And that was my first like, real chance I gave myself to grieve her death and process her death was in a foreign country because I slipped and fallen on black ice after visiting a, and it was like I just like, felt okay it. wait hold on like who has that story nobody but you <laughs> but it was like I literally felt like it was the best of like all of my worlds yeah like we're just being processed that day that I had this I had this hair bow that has like her picture in it and I was happened to wear it that day and it was just one of those like I love my my story of like you can literally be anywhere in the world and however you need to process death you can process it no matter where you are in the world yeah because I literally have a story of being around the world (laughs) and, and and having a day that I literally had like one of the best days of processing her loss in yeah. a foreign country. That's so interesting. While studying something that I have, it's my top passion is studying yeah. is Holocaust education yeah. and studying the Holocaust. That is my top passion. Then after that, it's connecting people with people. So, yeah. I Okay. So I have to ask. So if you visited all, all these different concentration camps, like those things are on my list of things to do, but I want to make sure that I schedule something really fun afterwards. Because I feel like it will be so overwhelmingly emotional and heartbreaking. And, and I know that some people are just like, well, why would you want to do that to yourself? It's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a feeling Everybody of responsibility. Should. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But what were your feelings when you were experiencing those places? So 
my trip in January of 2012, when I went, I didn't do, I shouldn't say I didn't do anything fun. It wasn't a strictly educational where like I prepared myself for weeks ahead of time, knowing that I wasn't going to do it. Now, if you were going to Poland as a tourist, plan to do a fun dinner afterwards or, or even the next day plan to do something and there's so much like if you go to Auschwitz there's so much stuff in Krakow it's not I totally reckon the salt mines are amazing as long as you don't have a fear of underground the wow. salt mines are amazing like I I think it's one of those things that people don't visit enough the salt mines are amazing <laughs> okay got it <laughs> but then there's other like around all the other camps you know they're regular cities Polish sure. life is um, is beautiful they've got and embrace yourself go to the little hole in the wall restaurants like don't find the big places and you can point to things on the menu. Like you might not be able to pronounce it, but we all can point and everybody can read or just ask them to bring you, you know, tell them you want beef or chicken and to bring you something like right. let them pick what they're going to bring you. Cause they'll pick, you know, they'll pick your favorite or they'll yeah. point out like a couple things on the menu, like this, this, or this. And then, you know, depending on what your price range is, you want to stay within, you know? Yeah. It's, but so many people there speak English. They may be shy about it. And like, that's some of the other things. Like I always used to encourage, like, it's okay. Like, I promise I will be able to understand. Like, and you figure out how to communicate when yeah. like there's that language barrier and of you want to eat yeah. or you want a bathroom. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've been to Ecuador three times. I mean, thankfully I went there to be with uh, the family that I met through uh, an exchange program. But anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you you figure things out. And most of my students along the way have been second language learners to English. And so, you know, you you figure things out. You you do some some charades, you whatever you got to do, you figure things out. So tell us what's one thing would you like that you would like to leave with the listener, some kind of valuable lesson or a quote or a word that keeps you going? Be yourself. Own it. Be yourself. Yeah. You don't have to pretend to be anybody else. And then my, one of my absolute favorite quotes is mountains inspire us and valleys improve us. When you're going through those tough times in the valley, embrace it as well, because yeah. it's going to teach you stuff so you can get back to that mountaintop. I like it. I like that very much. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Be kind. Be kind. It doesn't cost anything to be kind. <laughs> doesn't cost anything that's awesome all right well thank you sarah so much for having a conversation with me and um i really really appreciate your time because i know you're busy with your 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 beautiful little girls that are um in your lap right now that's so cute Anyway, just thank you so much for being here. And um, thank you so much for having me, Mandy. I um, really appreciate it. And you're welcome. If you are enjoying this podcast, then I'd love it if you would leave a rating or review if you're listening on a platform that gives you that option. You can also click the buy me a coffee link at the bottom of the show notes if you are so inclined to help with the cost of keeping this show going. 
Visit my website to learn more about how I can help you with dreaming big and figuring out what to display on your vision board. I have a free guide for you to get you started at MandySawyer.com. Also, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, check out Buzzsprout. It is the platform that I use and I love it. You can sign up for a three-month trial period at MandySawyer.com slash Buzzsprout. That's my affiliate link. It just tells Buzzsprout that I sent you and will get you a $20 Amazon card if you end up signing up for a paid plan. So check it out. Have a fantastic day and remember to dream big and kick ass.